Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 10, as the New York Rangers get another two points against the Columbus Blue Jackets as I listen to the game, sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic for just to leave the city. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to go from, where was I, Lexington and 47th to outside the Lincoln Tunnel. It took me an hour and 45 minutes where I got to listen to the game, I got to listen to the slow start, and I was just aggravated. But I gotta ask Andy, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, Having some company come over for brunch today, so that's nice. And I got to watch the game on my couch last night, so. Uh, definitely wasn't as an aggravating experience as I'm sure it was for you, but I'm yeah, I'm doing you know I'm doing okay. Rangers come out with another win and uh, decide to shoot the puck a little bit more, and so you don't know if they're starting to put a you know the bigger puzzle together, but you know they they remain in a playoff spot and uh, we're getting closer to American Thanksgiving, so uh, yeah, just hoping they can hold on for dear life because again this uh, they're in a brutal division and. Uh, but it, it bodes well for them if they can maintain this spot at least through uh, until we, we get to Turkey Day. Yeah, and you know, you felt like there was a little bit different of a vibe though this game with the New York Rangers, and you know Columbus is going to be one of those stingy teams to play against. I, you know, they have a good couple first lines, and then you know their depth obviously is uh, is not up to par with I think some of the better teams in this division and league. But, you know, again, the Rangers, you know, they always find ways to make it difficult for themselves. And this was, you know, no difference. But, you know, it took them a minute and a half, really, to take control of this game and and take a commanding lead. And you just look at, you know, our lineup up and down, Andy. And, you know, the one good positive thing, I'll start with my positive thing before I I become full negative. Um, And we'll get into why I'm negative in a second. But the one positive thing that I see is that our first three lines, there's really not much of a difference in terms of energy and compete level and effectiveness. I really like our top three lines. Our fourth line, you know, I think you want a little bit more contribution. And, 
you know, guys like Rooney, uh, even Reeves, you know, I, I don't know if he's, you know, he can't be an everyday fourth line player. I think he needs to find his, his spots and, and Gallant needs to find him the games in which he'd be most effective with. Um, because sometimes I feel like our fourth line might be a little bit slower and kind of kill momentum. And our fourth line is going to be imperative if we want to continue success in this division and, and win games on a nightly basis. So um, the one thing I do see is that I kind of like our top three lines. And I just feel like, you know, they all have that potential to be, you know, that line of the game where, you know, they can be the difference maker and, um, you know, be the difference between winning and losing a game. So that's my positive outtake. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I don't know if it came across listening on the radio, but I, I thought our fourth line was excellent last night. I mean, I will, I think where I do agree with you is that there's sometimes where I feel like they do so, they obviously are a momentum line and a checking line and they get the puck deep and they spend all their time in the, the opposing, uh, the opposing end, but they're slow and it's kind of grinding it out on the perimeter. So you don't really ever feel like they're going to pot one. You know what I mean? They might get some, some, some shots on goal from wild angles. So, I mean, obviously in terms of the Rangers, never having a fourth line, having a line that actually just plays with energy and kind of keeps the, the team energy up in, in like in the Rangers, at least favor. You know what I mean? I think they're good, but I would agree. And Reeves, actually, I think he had like, like three or four shots on goal last night, which was pretty impressive considering how slow he is. But he clearly has uh, he has more hockey sense that I think people give him credit for just because he's, you know, he's a bigger guy and he's kind of slow as molasses. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I really liked our, you know, Hunt and Rooney were, were great last night. So but uh, that being said, uh, like I had mentioned, I don't know if you ever really feel that they're going to score <laughs> or they might score a greasy one eventually, but it just, it, it, again, it just seems more like they're more committed to just going out there and just keeping the other team hemmed in. So it feels like the tide is, uh, you know, on the Rangers or excuse me, the wind is on the Rangers back, you know, but, um, but yeah, I agree about your other point in that there seems to be a lot of balance at least between those three lines. Although I, I would like to see more from, uh, and you know that's obvious at this point. I would like to see more from the Lafreniere line. With uh, right now, you know, I think he, they have uh, he's playing with um, um, excuse me, uh, Goudreau in the middle, and then they have uh, Julian Gauthier on the wing. And while Heedle's hurt, and you know, I thought when Heedle's there, obviously you get the flashes from him, and Gauthier every now and then does can draw a penalty or use his speed or once. And Lafreniere's, you know. I don't think a good fit for them, but also he's looking a little lost right now anyway. But, but yeah, there seems to be good balance. And obviously now with Panarin has more and more looked like Panarin every game. And this was obviously the most Panarin esque game of the season where I thought he looked faster. He was moving his feet more. And even though the first line was kind of just, you know, Mika and Crides, they were just kind of playing tight checking and nothing was really going on low event for them that, then when the second line, you know, Panarin and Strom and Kako matched up against the second line, they definitely feasted last night and you could see it, especially in that second period. So, yeah, I think they're finding more balance and obviously their their second period was their best period. And I finally think I saw what was reminiscent of Gallant hockey from watching Vegas a couple of years ago, where when everyone was moving their feet and you kind of saw them all swinging like off time in concert and it just you saw waves of pressure and you're like you know they they captured it for 
for one period, basically. And they and lo and behold, they scored three goals in really quick succession. And it was just that aggressive gallant style hockey that I remember. And so it's the potential is definitely there because again, this is a team that uh, they've been winning despite it looking like not only do they not deserve to win, it just doesn't look like it. They've been firing all cylinders, but I think the more as they fire on all cylinders, I think we know that even though they might not end up being as good as we thought they would be this season, they're also definitely, you know, I don't think they just losing Buchnevich makes you take that many steps back. So I think they've just been trying to figure it out. And yeah, you saw they outshot Columbus and they clearly dominated a better, bigger portion of the game. And, you know, and again, I think they're, they're also a team that is with their new style of man on man. They, they let goal, you know, they let Igor see shots and, uh, which, you know, they've had problems letting players get behind them. But for the most part, they they don't know. They don't mind like the Islanders. They don't mind shots from the outside. You can whip it on goal, but they're, they want to be there. And they're very much about in-game management now, which was never their thing. So even though it's like the other team might clearly have momentum in their favor, they're more about content of like instead of breaking the storm, we're just going to weather the storm and trust our, you know, our discipline and our structure. And then we're going to score our goals. And that's what happened last night. So. Um, but that was my takeaway anyway. Yeah. And, and I'm not here, ba- I'm not bashing the fourth line. I just think, no, I know what you mean with the inability for some of the players in our top three lines to produce that fourth line does need to chip in every, no, they need to chip in a goal here or there. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think they're going to, they don't, they don't seem like that's it, it. The way they play, it almost seems like that's not necessarily the goal, but then again, the Rangers haven't had a good, have had useless fourth lines for years. So the fact that they're even doing something, I think, is it's one of those things where it's like, you know, well, I even, find that they're almost better in the games that we get blown out in. Yeah, which well, is like the sad part. Which is like, you know, it, it's the games that you know against the Calgary Flames, and and you you look at them and you're like, you know, why is Rooney scoring the big goal? And, and that first Calgary Flames game that that's immediately comes to mind is like Rooney chipping in, getting a goal to make it close. And then, you know, we kind of spiral out of control from there. It's like Rooney shouldn't be scoring that big goal. Like that that needs to come from one of our leaders. But, of course, our top players are just feasting off of these, you know, lesser teams. And, you know, I'm kind of looking at our point breakdown here. And it's just I feel like we're a little bit top heavy. Um, you know, and I appreciate Kreider scoring power play goals. That, that'll be much needed. But we need a little bit more production from, you know, maybe a second unit there on the power play. And, you know... I don't know. I just, there's a lot of concerns that I have and, you know, I'm not going to be full blown positive here because we beat the Columbus Blue Jackets again. Uh, No, they're going to have, they're going to have to prove to me that they can play like this against the better teams in our, in our league. They have a good test tonight against the devils because even though, you know, they have a a little bit spotty of a record, they're still right in the hunt. They're clearly better this year. This is all without Jack Hughes. And, you know, even losing to the Bruins last night, they were, they pretty much were able to skate with them and hung with them. They're a fast team and the Rangers are a slow team. So, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see because they come at you fast and, you know, they have young guys with skill who can skate. And if the Rangers are, feeling too good about themselves they can get blitz really fast especially if they if they end up putting Jorge Evanet tonight you know what I mean so it'll be a, a real like you said James it'll be a test for them because it, I think they're one of those things that if you're feeling too good about yourself and you get away from working hard I mean they it's one I don't think they can allow another 
because the, the, the Rangers have been feeling themselves into games, I feel like, in their first period, although I they said this last night in the telecast, the Rangers have are, have allowed like I think they're not the number one, but they've only allowed six goals in the first period uh, of games this season. I think they're one of the lowest for any team in the league. I don't think they're in first, but they're they're like, you know, they're one of the better teams in first periods, at least in terms of not giving up goals, whether or not that's their play at five on five or just the fact they've had Igor, I think is up for debate. But uh, yeah, I mean, they've clearly been able to score a lot of goals in the second and third periods, but uh, it's a low, the first period is a low event for them. But I, I just feel like sometimes if you if they get to I'm happy they have another game in quick succession because I need you want them to get into a rhythm, although their schedule has also been kind of brutal. So it's been good for them to have that those five days off and get some jump because clearly um, some guys like Panarin could really used it well and watched. I think he even said, I watched video Panarin said, I watched video of me and I wasn't moving my feet enough. And lo and behold, he did that and he looked like just as deadly as we all remember. So uh, yeah, hopefully they can use this to get into a rhythm and then have some more time, you know, downtime before the next game. And, but uh, yeah, that's I Columbus is not the measuring stick of where you lie in the pecking order of the NHL, obviously. No, certainly not. And, you know, I, honestly, I really like the Devils this year. I, I had this conversation earlier with one of my buddies and, you know, we were kind of going through our entire division. And and for me right now, I, I'm, I'm impressed with the Devils. I mean, I think it, when healthy, they can certainly be fighting for a wild card and, or be in a playoff spot in the in the Metro. You know, their goaltending is there. Their defense, I think, is coming into their own. Uh, when their forwards are all healthy and, you know, they have lines that can be game changing lines. So it, it'll be, you know, interesting, interesting to see when, you know, Hughes gets healthy, what kind of team that they look like. But certainly they're not the pushover that I thought they might be this season. They're on a fast track right now from a rebuild perspective. You know, we kind of thought maybe the Devils were a year or two behind the Rangers. Honestly, they're neck and neck, and you know, having Doug, Dougie Hamilton in, I think, certainly helps their back end. And you know, now that uh, I believe Blackwood is is vaccinated and and clear of injury right now, I and there's no worry about him. You know, they have a number one goalie that is, you know, for me, I, I think he's a very good goalie, one of the better goalies in our division. So I think the Devils have a lot, you know, a lot to be proud of this season, and. You know, I don't know if the the Lindy Ruff, you know, uh, train will be chugging along all season long. I don't know if there's going to be a drop off, but you know, if they can hold on and play teams close and and you know not you know play with a lead, I think that'll be really important for them. So yeah, this game tonight against the New Jersey Devils is certainly no pushover for the Rangers. And you know, Rangers on a back to back, you got to jump out early against this team and. And, you know, it's good to hear that the first period of the Rangers uh, don't give up much goals because that'll be really important tonight. And, you know, Andy, I, I think I saw a stat and, you know, I was obviously sitting in traffic fighting every single traffic light just to get across it and not just be in a gridlock, uh, you know, just a gridlock traffic formation. For me. Um, I think Uncle Dave said that the New York Rangers have had like a two goal lead in every game up to uh they've had no five of the seven games since um vancouver canucks is that like true wait say that again the the rangers had a two goal lead in five of the seven games 
since the the Vancouver Canucks. I think the only teams that they mm. haven't had a two goal lead against is the uh, um, the Calgary Flames. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm going back to look at their schedule so far thus far just to remind myself. So let's see. Um, you know, with the this is since Vancouver. You're saying, yeah. Well, they had a two goal lead on the Oilers. They didn't have yeah. the Flames. They did have a two goal lead on the Panthers. So, I mean, it's only been two. That's only two games, essentially. He uh, said five of the seven. Oh, five of the seven. So, yeah. well, let's see. They had a... Uh, Which is like, I, the reason I bring this up is because that's not the New York Rangers that we know of in the last, you know, couple seasons. Like this, if they're having two goal leads in the majority of these games, I mean, that's a great sign. Obviously... You know, you you'd expect to even get a point every time you're up two goals at one point in a in a game. So I'm just saying, like from a fan perspective, I mean, not seeing that over the past couple of years, the Rangers to get leads. I mean, whether they hold them or not, yeah. for the Rangers to get grab a two goal lead in any game is is huge because you have to have a lead to learn to play with a lead. And if the Rangers are getting leads in these games. I think that's going to be imperative because you look at the playoffs, the playoffs to me is always a race to three goals. You know, who can score three goals first? And if the Rangers are getting leads, in my eyes, they're going to get to that three goal marker first. And if they can learn to play with the lead and play shutdown hockey, if they got a one or two goal lead, I think that's huge. I mean, look at, and I, and I bring this up too, because if you look at the Islanders, right, last year. Once they got a, a goal lead on you, two goal lead on you, they were shut down. They never let you even get a scoring opportunity. All your shots would be from the outside and there'd be zero threats up the middle of the ice. And the Islanders knew how to play with the lead. And that was part of their huge success. And, and you know, they obviously took the Stanley Cup champions to a game seven and unfortunately lost, but well, fortunately lost. Um, but, you know, playing with a lead and learning to play with a lead is, is going to be huge if the Rangers want to make a run in the playoffs or even make the playoffs because, you know, it's going to come down to the wire. And you know more than anyone, those last 10 games where it's a playoff race, they become like playoff games and you need to win those. So that's, that's my take right now with the New York Rangers. I, I was impressed that they had the two goal lead because half the times I'm listening on the radio and just aggravated in traffic. <laughs> so I, I don't always like appreciate w- what the Rangers are actually doing. I kind of just look at the end product and make my assessment. So um, yeah, no, your thoughts, Andy. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And like I said, to uh, go back to what I was talking about before, I think Gallant, you can kind of sense that his biggest thing, he's a, he's a pretty relaxed guy. He's more about game management. Uh, obviously, as fans, we we hem and haw over did the how many periods did they win? Did they carry five on five play more? And uh, he says all the right things. Like he sees if 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 their goaltender is getting bombarded or if they're getting outshot or whatever. But for the most part, he's he, he's a big game management guy. He's like, did we manage the puck well? Did we turn over the puck? Even if we were defending a lot of the time, it's like, did we really give them much? And then when we had our chances, we we made more out of them. Even if they were not as many chances overall, like, did we get high danger chances? Did we get you know quality chances? And those that's most those most those that's the mantra of most coaches in the NHL. But uh, yeah, this is a team that I think, as we come along here, is figuring out better how to 
balance the game management with the actually push, you know, pushing the pace and the offense. And again, the Rangers have climbed, even if they came up short, they've climbed back into a few games. You know, they, they climbed back against Dallas, although they lost in overtime. They climbed back and won in Ottawa. We, and then we've had seen them really shut the game down once they had those leads and in, in like when they played Nashville and Montreal, uh, Ottawa, like I mentioned that. Yeah. And they, even with the, you know, obviously with the Panthers, it was a, they lost their structure for, you know, the last three minutes of that game and they scored two quick ones, but just, and they barely held on. But yeah, I think they're figuring out that balance. And I think that's the thing is that as they get in a rhythm and go along here, they can, they have enough talent that they're going to pot a few and that they can then start playing the fourth line more and they can put uh, Barkley Goodrow out more to help close out games. And yeah, I think you're even seeing it more from their, like the the top forwards. I th- you're seeing Mika and Cry. You definitely, Chris Kreider, who we will have to talk about probably on this podcast today, um, definitely doing more of the little things to like just the, I think Kreider even mentioned it is the legal interference needed to slow teams down and to give your, yeah, give their defensemen more breathing room and space to make outlet passes and get the puck out of their own end and that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I think they're figuring it out. And now the goals are starting to come after having a hard time scoring them. And, you know, you can only imagine that once Mika finally gets hot, because, you know, he's obviously he's not <laughs> scoring at the pace that he usually does, but he's close to a point per game. So he's definitely getting his, his cookies, right? It's not like he's not doing anything. It's just, you look him, he just kind of looks, uh, he doesn't look as noted flashy, noticeable as he does, but right now Panarin's hot. Kreider remains hot and effective. And, uh, yeah, it'll be, and obviously our Adam Fox is Adam Fox. And, and you know, Jay, I, we have to, I have to shout out Jacob Truba. He was excellent again last night and he had a goal and assist. He, it might've been one of his best games. And, uh, I do also even Nils. I thought Nils Lungfist looked very good for, although his partner Nemeth looked really bad, and we can obviously the whole gaff with Georgiev was his fault because he literally cross-checked the Blue Jackets player in the back into Georgiev, and then you know it was so that was his fault. And I don't know why guys. I don't know why skaters do that. They why do so many guys cross-check their like opposing players onto their goaltender, like. I just don't get it. It happens so much in the NHL. Like, uh, do they lose? Does, did he lose track? Because it was e- Igor that went down. Does he lose track of where Igor is? Like, you got to know. Okay, I think I'm, it's yeah. Sorry, you you give me your your reasoning, and we'll we'll talk about it. No, well, it's not not even a reason. It's not even an excuse, really. I, I'm just saying. Do you either lose track of the goalie, or do you see him there, and then it kind of looks like. Like, you know, there's contact being made and he just like pushes them to finish the job, knowing that he's going to run into the goalie. I have, I hope it's not that because clearly Igor, he was, he's fine. Thank God. But, you know, it could be really hurt your goaltender like that. And I just think, you know, defensemen, you're, you're supposed to protect your own net and you're very heightened and hockey happens very fast. So a guy goes close to your goaltender and your, your mongoloid brain takes over. You're like, you know, must, must kill or whatever. And you, you cross check a guy. You, right, you're looking at right, looking at his numbers, and you just go right for him, not even considering that. Hey, my goaltender is right in front of him, and if I hit this guy, he's gonna fall forward and into my goaltender. So, yeah, I don't know. It happens a lot, and you know, it's not even. And it's you know, obviously, 
it's happened to Rangers a few times too. Um, and but we've seen it happen on both sides. We've seen it happen. It happened to laugh last year, I think, versus the Devils, where yeah, he like yeah. scored a goal and then, uh, a de- you know, one of the defensemen cross checked him in the back and he ended up landing on their whoever their goaltender was. But, um, yeah, it just happens all the time. It's really weird. But I did, like I said, I did want to give, I thought Lundqvist looked much sharper last night. Uh, Nemeth did not, and Truba looked amazing. But, um, yeah, I think Chris Kreider at this point is emerging as, uh, He's definitely making us eat crow on this podcast and, and Truba for that matter. They've been the two of them. I have had no complaints about them so far. And it's not even just to be obviously everyone's happy when you're putting up points and, and goals, but it's more about they have been consistent, which has been their biggest problems. And I don't listen, you're going to you're going to get scored on the NHL. It's fine. But you have to at least be present and trying to do. And if you're doing you know, if you're doing the right thing more often than you're doing the wrong thing, that's fine. You can have your, you're allowed to have gaffes. That's fine. I think we have to, as fans have to remember, but in so far, those two have been overwhelmingly a net positive whenever they're on the ice. So I can't, you know, can't overstate how those two have stepped up, which is makes the whole, you know, who's going to get the C conversation real interesting. I think the NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook An official sports betting partner of the NHL has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. And DraftKings is giving customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I'm convinced they're not going to name a captain at all this year. Well, not I this think season, it, no. Yeah, I, yeah I'm but... I'm just talking about maybe for next season. Uh, I know, just but it's aggravating to me. And it is. It just it, it annoys me, and it's going to annoy me for the rest of the season. Uh, and I will let you know that it annoys me every time it kind of gets brought up. So, you know, looking forward, we have a game every other day for the rest of the week. And then we, I think we play another Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, we do. Against Ottawa and Buffalo. You look at this week, this will be a really good test. You know, you have the Devils tonight, and then you have Montreal on Tuesday. You have Toronto on Thursday, Ottawa on Saturday, Buffalo on Sunday, and a back-to-back. These are all going to be very tough games. These are all stingy teams. But they're winnable, too. They're winnable, but they're, they're a test. It's not, you know, this isn't a walkover. We're not no. playing, you know, the Coyotes or the... The, the Blackhawks, you know, these are all teams that, you know, kind of have a chip on their shoulder. And we saw what Toronto has done after a kind of a, a shitty start, uh, to, to put it nicely. They're just on a tear. Uh, Montreal, I think, is going to start playing with a chip on their shoulder because they got no respect after going to the Stanley Cup final. 
they still don't have any respect right now. And I, I feel like they're going to turn into one of those like kind of scummy teams, almost like the Kraken have played now with the chip on their shoulder. The team that's that- not going to make the playoffs, but is going to definitely like try, yeah. you know, go win, be spoiler for some, some better teams. They beat, listen, they beat uh, Calgary in overtime the other night. You know, yeah, no, they're stingy, good, stingy performance by them. So, yeah. And we know we just kind of spoke about the Devils and how, you know, good they look so far this season. And, and you know, that's obviously not going to be a pushover. And then you got Ottawa, who's going to be one of those teams that, you know, listen, they're going to probably be at the end of the bottom of the standings. But I really do think that this Ottawa team, if they can make it right and make all the right decisions in terms of personnel and, and keeping you know, some of the players that they have. And obviously they just, you know, made, you know, Brady Kachuk the captain there and, you know, uh, signed him to a long-term deal. They're building something there. And again, they're, you know, they're a team that there is no quit. They compete against every team and they're certainly not a pushover. So, you know, you look at these games and it's just like the way that these teams play, the Rangers of old would always struggle. And, you know, you hope that the Rangers would be able to compete and be harder to play against and and kind of be able to match that intensity so again a huge week with a tough lineup i i think you know you look at the you know you look at the standings and you're like well we should beat the devils we should beat the canadians we should beat ottawa you know let's win three out of four we can beat buffalo let's win you know four out of five it's just i don't think it's going to be that easy andy so I just, for me right now, forget the points. I'm throwing the points out the window. I just want to be able to compete against these teams. I don't want to go out there, get shut out, put up an offer, you know, have another 13, 14 shots on goal. You know, we got to be able to, you know, listen, if you get outscored, you get outscored, right? Especially against a team like Toronto. But there's got to be a compete level. There's got to be some sort of consistency. That's all I want to see this week is consistency against these middle of the pack teams in the NHL. You know, you just beat Columbus. Great. Beat the Devils, you know, beat them like and put up goals and, you know, don't give up 45 shots, you know, to the the Devils, Canadians, you know, Toronto's probably going to be able to put up 50, but Ottawa, you know, I just want, I just want consistency, Andy. I just want to feel, feel good about this team again, but um yeah, Go ahead. and like I said, just to glass half full it, I mean, this is a team that's been inconsistent, and yet they've consistently been in their playoff spot, and they're, they've found ways to win, and obviously, the fa- as fans, we, you know, I think we, there needs to be acceptance that they're not going to be as dominant as a Florida or an Edmonton has been thus far. I mean, but again, they're in a playoff spot. Uh, every other team, some of the teams that they've dropped some bad losses to have been just as inconsistent. It's it's very wild to like look, you know, especially like I said, as we get closer to your 15 games in now or getting close to it for some teams. And all of a sudden you, you look and you're like, wow, the the Bruins are on the outside looking in. Uh, the Penguins are outside looking in. The, the Islanders are on the outside looking in. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely kind of a strange Sight and again, the Rangers just by it looks, you know. I and again, we've been guilty of being like, oh, this might be where they figure it out, and then they obviously lay an egg, and you're like, oh, why? Why did I let myself even believe they would, you know, they would prove me right? But um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're. I think if they as their offense finally comes on here, they definitely have it. They have all the pieces they or all the tools they need to be a playoff team. Uh, maybe not a particularly dominant one, but they can make the playoffs and they can be a good regular season team in the very least. 
And yeah, so far, it's even throughout everything they've, whether it's being blessed with one of the best goaltenders in the league or just the best uh, defenseman in the league there. Oh, and by the way, Adam Fox after last night, unless uh, there were some games after him, is in sole first place of points by a defenseman in the AHL. Um, so, you know, no shocker there. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, they, yeah, right now they're the games that they come up, they can't overlook any team because I think they're not good enough to be one of those teams that can just kind of have it. They're not like that Tampa level dominant that they could kind of have like an eh, off night, but they're just so potently offensive that they can then just pot a few quick ones and, and get out of, you know, get out of Dodge. But, uh, yeah, they can, they can definitely beat any team in the league. You know, we'll maybe save two if they can ever figure out how to play against those really stingy structural teams. But uh, yeah, they have all the tools they at their disposal. And if whether or not we want to talk about all the teams they're playing can definitely put in an effort. But um, they, you know, so oh, someone just texted me asking if I want tickets to the game tonight. I'll talk wow. about that later. <laughs> well, I have two. Two final points, Andy. And, you know, I don't know how much depth you want to go into these, but, um, you know, we could actually probably have a whole podcast on on one of them. The the first point I'm going to make is that I'm going to continue to be negative. And if people don't like it, that's too bad. The reason I'm going to continue to be negative and be down on this team, despite where they are in the standings, despite them being able to win games, the reason I'm going to be negative is because I feel like once I become positive, this is all going to go away. The, po- the point percentage is going to go down. They're going to start losing games. I'm going to be negative when they're winning, and then I'll be positive when they're losing. And I'm doing that. I'm sacrificing my own positivity and my own goodwill and feeling just so the Rangers can continue to win and prove me wrong despite me. So that's why I'm going to be negative. I don't want you to take it as you know me being ridiculous or overreactive. It's just I feel like as a fan and you know a co-host of a podcast there's a role i have to play right now and if i start feeling too good about this team my heart is going to start start to shatter so i'm going to continue to be negative so i you know expect your full support oh and, you got it okay thank you and my second point is and this is the one where i just kind of you know i i think i think the fans we're we're coming to a point right about this this question are are Kako and Lafreniere are they busts like what what I mean when is it going to happen you know Kako doesn't watching the game last night again Kako had good shifts and had good chances he does he's great shifts where he's got the I'm more I'm more worried about Lafreniere at this point than I am Kako because Lafreniere is becoming less and less uh more and more invisible by the day and less effective so he's I wouldn't like I I'm get I'm starting to get to at a certain point you might have you might have to send him down to Hartford and just I agree. Play. I agree. Listen, Montreal sent Cole Caulfield down after he had an excellent playoffs last season and he was deadly and he looked electric and they're like this kid's going to score 40 goals in the NHL. Um it, it just doesn't always work that way. And, and like a player like Lafreniere I I I feel like his intentions are always good. Like, you know, like when he gets the puck, he does have a plan, I think, in his head. But I, I just don't think he's quick enough and cute enough to really, you know, pull what he has going on in his head. I don't think he's got the ability right now to pull it off. I think the NHL yeah. is just too good of a level 
And some of the, and I, you know, I remember that video that you sent me and it was a total breakdown of all these like uh, prospects. And one of the things with Lafreniere was, you know, is he going to be able to get away with some of the stuff he gets, his bad habits that he gets away with at the lesser level. And I think that's kind of catching up to him. And, you know, there's some plays where he gets the puck and, you know, you see what he's going to try to do, but you're like, dude, you can't do that. Like, you just can't. You're not going to be able to come through the middle with your feet not moving and be able to get a a clean shot off. These guys are going to shut down your shooting lanes. They're going to shut down passing lanes. They're going to close the gap immediately on you. This isn't junior hockey where you're going to have the ability to come into a zone with the puck and stop skating. He's got to continue to move his feet with the puck. You know, that, that you see it. That's when Kako's most effective when he keeps his, you know, feet moving in the yeah. corners. Along and Pen- the Pen- we just spoke about Panarin, who is looked at of sorts, it, and he moved it, his feet for the ones, and he looked absolutely dangerous. Right, exactly. And, you know, I think that's exactly what Lafreniere's, you know, problem is. Well, it's and, just, you know, and, and I'll say this about Lafreniere. I, because I don't think Lafreniere was necessarily bad last night, but it just like everything he was doing was very. I feel like he wants to fit in and be like a role, a, sol- a grunt soldier for the coach because everything he was doing was like, oh, he would be there to like chip the puck deep for the team, which is good. He, it's like he didn't make any wrong decisions, but he's not. I think he's more interested in like just not, not fucking up or not. I think it, you could definitely tell it's confidence shot because he's not trying as much stuff. As he was last season, because even listen, even last year where he was like, you could clearly tell he needed to get faster and bigger. He would still try doing to do more things. And like he has still has his flashes, like he can do a quick, you know, uh, inside outside deke to get around a guy or put it back. And he's getting pucks back to the point. But it just plays kind of end up dying because instead of taking taking onus and taking his own hands to drive the net by himself, it's like he's always getting it to another guy and then he's just kind of going close to the net well if you get it back to me i can be there for the rebound and then when the other team just snuffs it off from a guy like gotier who you know if he's not who's you know he's got rocks for brains that there's no other way to say it it's like then nothing gets happened and then your your shift's over you know what i mean and that happens to him a lot too so his confidence shot i would much rather having him a lot like literally logging big minutes in hartford and like i was saying before is that they Montreal sent Cole Caulfield down, and that's not an indictment on Cole Caulfield. He's clearly a very good player. It's just that the situation they were in last year, where you could have a supremely talented kid surrounded by, you know, good talent, is great. But they literally lost all of their good players in the offseason between injuries and trades, and then all of a sudden he they're in a, you know, it's like just too much to put on his shoulders at this time and place. And they smartly said, let's get him away from the situation and put him in, in the AHL where he can continue to work on his game. And then when we bring him back, he'll be a more complete player because he's logging big minutes. You know what I mean? So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think, uh, and there much has been made about this, that the, the expectations of fans of these guys are way too overblown because the second they're, you know, when they're playing great, they're good. And then all of a sudden they have one rough patch and then they're a bust. Like, so now, you know, Cole Caulfield's a bust. And, uh, or you see other young players who are maybe kept in the AHL longer and then they come up and they look more ready. So, yeah, I think Kako, I would keep doing, he just needs to break through. He's not doing anything wrong. It's, he's definitely, you say he's unlucky. You know, he's a case where I hope eventually he's got to take a, a shorter, like, he's got to take a, maybe a bridge contract for a favorable number and then he, 
finally busts out and you're like, I can't believe we have Kako Kako for three, you know, $3 million for, for two or three years or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But because but you see it, you see it with him with where and he, listen, he's got a year on Lafreniere. Let's, I, I don't discount that. I think Lafreniere, he clearly needs to work on his skating. You know, he's get he's definitely better skater than he was last year. He's definitely a bit quicker, but he just needs to get he needs to get faster. He needs to get stronger too, you know. And just because he's a he's a he's a taller kid, that doesn't mean he's got man strength yet. Where Kako is definitely filled out more and using his body to shield pucks, and you saw him winning his battles and like staving guys off like he used to. So you see the flashes again. So in a nutshell, I'm not worried about Kako, but Lafreniere, we I think we after this week, you and I sh- on our next podcast should maybe about like look see what we saw from him and make a final like where do we see him because yeah he's gonna have to change absolutely and I'll, I'll be able to watch the game tonight on my couch and uh yeah and yeah i think that that'll be really important i i think just even for fans in general listen yes expectations from fans are certainly overblown but eventually like those that that prognosis from the fans can catch up and then becomes accurate. And then they're like, aha, I told you so. And it's like, yeah, but you were saying it when you weren't even giving him a chance. I'm worried that that is now catching up. Like the fans writing him off as a bust and him actually not being able to perform to a level where maybe I think he should be, you know, catches up. And the, the gap, that gap is closing for me. And I'm noticing the closing of the gap and it needs to be talked about. So, and there needs to be a game plan because we haven't had an NHL player since Tony Amante, our, our draft forward draft pick score 60 points for this team. Well, I hopefully, hopefully Kreider can hit it this season with his pace, but yeah, that's sad. That is, that is a sad state of affairs for this franchise. I mean, you know, thank you. Got, you have to thank God that that players want to come here. I mean, you know, say you want, there's, I think there's a, re, there's a big reason the Rangers uh, invest in that smoothie bar in their training center. You know what I mean? Because it's, <laughs> it's like word gets around and players want to come play here because you get treated first rate because there's something. And I don't know, I've, you know, I've much thought what the problem is. It, is it their skills coach? I mean, but then, you know, you have people online and they're like Tanner Glass and Jed or- Ortemeyer are like their head of player development. Like, so what does that tell you? It, it's I, like, it, I listen, and I love point. those guys. I like, I understand that they, their galaxy brain is like, oh, these are guys who didn't have skill and like, you know, are want to show, show players that no matter who you are, you can make it if you work hard. Like, yeah, but at the same time, maybe I would like someone who could develop. I, I don't want to develop uh, an army of Jed Ordermeyers as much as it's nice to have one guy like that as a good story. I would much rather have, uh, you know, an army of hardworking yet also skilled NHL players, you know? So, yeah. And you know, well, you know, it's funny. I'll, I'll kind of end with this last <laughs> yeah, point. Sure. Um, the, the schmoozer, uh, is retiring from WFAN mm-hmm. and he, you know, he had a late night spot that I was listening to and they had a caller co- call in and the caller was just basically like, listen, it's frustrating that none of the New York teams are winners right now. Right. They're like the Islanders are the best ones they made to the conference final. But again, no one really cares about hockey and blah, 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 blah. Talking about, you know, the Mets, the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees failures and then the Knicks struggling uh, again after a hot start. And, you know, just, you know, it was just very, you know, very me. I, I actually appreciated the caller. And then he, he went on to say, 
and I thought it was a valid point, is that New York has got to stop taking on the experiments and coaching. Like he hated the David Quinn hiring. He goes, because we're the New York Rangers. There should be no experiments here. Like this is, this is not the, the world in which you do an experiment. The media is too hard on these coaches. They're too hard on these players. It's you, you, the expectations are we're New York. We have to win. And, you know, New York should never be hiring coaches on their, on their first job or second job. He goes, New York needs to hire veteran coaches that know how to handle media, that know how to handle. And, and he basically, you know, spoke about David Quinn. And I, and I was like, you know, that's, a, that's an excellent point. And, you know, I really do think that the Rangers really need this end experimenting with players here. And maybe, maybe it is best for Lafreniere to go down to the AHL and come in when he's more experienced and doesn't have to deal with the media backlash of him not being able to produce and, 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 and all of this. And, you know, you know, they brought in Gallant, which we all thought was a, you know, a, p- a positive step in a step in the positive direction. No, right, right direction. direction. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm mumbling a little bit here, <laughs> but you, you know, you kind of catch my drift. It's just, and then you tell me, you know, the Jed Ortmeyer and the Tanner Glass, you know, their player development. And listen, I, I get the theory behind it, but can we get guys that like have experience in growing and developing players? Like, you know, this is New York. We cannot afford to, you know, oh, they're really good guys. You know, they, they, they were able to make something out of nothing in the NHL. It's like, that's great. But we all know that, you know, projecting your own accomplishments onto prospects and just players in general is extremely difficult. And, you know, I want a guy that's developed players in the past, you know, maybe in, uh, I shouldn't say Chicago, we'll stay away from that, that organization, but you know, you know, maybe a Montreal or a Boston or something like that, where you've seen success, but you know, you know, I don't know. Am I crazy? No, you're you're absolutely right. And again, I mean, can you imagine if right now, um, you know, the imagine if Lafreniere, like, let's say Rick Nash, for whatever reason, although he's now with Columbus, and they're going to retire his number. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Uh, mumbling too. Congratulations to Rick Nash. Um, but imagine he was, or, or hell, even Mar- Martin San Louis. You know, one guy drafted first overall, one guy undrafted. Doesn't, but doesn't matter. Ultimately, they were supreme players uh, of their time, right? Imagine they, during this stretch, they could go to Lafreniere or Kako and be like, hey, like, you know, listen, this is what I went through as a rookie. Um, you know, I was on a shit team and I wanted ice time, but I was also worried. I didn't know, like, should I try to be the guy? Should I try to create more? Or should I try to fit in? I didn't want the coach mad at me. They can give these perspectives that helps these young guys take a deep breath. You know what I mean? Like Kako, the other night, you know, Panarin was, was, was trying to feed Panarin instead of just take shots on goal because he wanted Panarin to get the hat trick. Like, you could just be like, hey, man, like, it's like, your success is just as important, like to get the monkey off your back. So don't worry about like feeling you always have to defer to Stroman Panarin. Like I know those guys are so skilled, and maybe there's sometimes you might catch little eye rolls if they those two are playing catch. They get it to Kako, and he tries to get it back, and he he fails or he doesn't. You know, you don't worry about that. You're with them. You're in the NHL. Like it's just conversations like this are very important. I think they could definitely benefit those two young men specifically, right? So, and that's the type of thing is having s- someone who's, and they, they even spoke about that with uh, 
years ago with when like Ryan Smith was the Oilers captain and or uh, what's his face? Matt, Andrew Ference was after him, right? Yeah, yeah. That they couldn't get a handle on like the younger guys like Taylor Hall and Nuge and all those guys because they wanted them to conduct themselves away and like be, you know, play right. But, and you know, listen, I, I've heard Taylor Hall is a, maybe not so much anymore, but I heard he was a little bit of a punk and he's like, you know, fuck like what, uh, you know, I scored a bajillion goals in junior and I'm the most skilled player on this team on day one as an 18 year old. And you're, you know, whatever, but they didn't, you know, say, I, and I'm not saying Lafreniere or Kako don't respect, you know, any, you know, any, they any have disrespect for anyone, but at the same time, it's just when you have a guy, like when a team goes to Florida and they see Sasha Barkov, who's like the, one of the best players in the league and is not a very vocal captain. He's a kind of more quiet guy, kind of like Kako, but you watch his play on the ice and it's just the, t- he sets his tone in the example. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of different ways to do this. It just, it's just very strange that the New York Rangers has had such a problem. Developing you be able forwards. to relate. Defensemen, obviously, different story. I feel like they've done actually a pretty good job developing their defensemen as thus far. It's just for whatever reason, it's like superstar forwards uh, has just been, has eluded them. But again, I think let's let's see how this week plays out. Let's see how Lafreniere and Kako play through the stretch, whether they break through. Um, because the, listen, they didn't forget how to play hockey. We've seen the flashes. They even in their tenure as Rangers, they both flashed tantalizing skill. So it's just right now it's. It seems very pulled back for the two of them. One is absolutely snake bit, despite looking good, and the other one has instead where the goals were coming easier to them because of his, you know Lafreniere's hockey sense. It's been harder. He's slowly receded into the wallpaper now. Where so we'll see. Let's let's see the, how this game you know this week plays out, and then we can reassess. But it's definitely a real conversation that this organization might have to start having soon. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.